The Golden Mike Podcast is presented by SeaDeck Marine Products. Proudly made in the USA, customizable SeaDeck no-skid traction is non-absorbent, closed-cell EVA specifically formulated for the marine industry. For a free sample and more information, check out www.seadeck.com. That's S-E-A-D-E-K.com. And now, it's showtime. Recognized as the official voice of Toad Water Sports for over a decade. His vocal tones have narrated the industry's biggest and most prestigious events in the world. With over 25 years of on-water experience, captivating charisma, and a command of his audience. Presented by Sea Deck Marine Products, it's the Golden Mike Podcast. With the noise of the North himself, Dano the Mano. Welcome to the Golden Mike Podcast, everyone. I'm the Noise of the North, Dan of the Mano, recording this portion of the podcast while up in the currently oddly weathered northern suburban area of Chicago, Illinois. And now it's time for some audio sunshine. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Boulder Boats. Boulder Boats now offers three locations in the southwest and west coast of the United States. Las Vegas, Phoenix, and now in California, smack dab between L.A. and San Francisco. Boulder Boats is top 10 in sales and service for Malibu and Axis Boats, and in 2016 were honored to win Malibu Boats President's Award honoring Boulder Boats for their consistent excellence in every aspect of its business. Check out boulderboats.com for new and used boats being listed daily. Plus, keep an eye out this 2017 as Boulder Boats hosts some of the industry's biggest events, including the Malibu Rider Experience, WWA Central Wakeboard Regionals, Wake the World, and more. I'm still up here in Illinois. Been missing Orlando, but I'll be back down south soon. And you know what? I can't wait. It's been nice up here spending time with the family but the weather's been pretty weird. And some days it's hot and some days it's cold. It's raining. It's snowing. Is it global warming? Is it a polar vortex? I have no idea. All I know, Mother Nature can't make up her mind. But it's all good. It's just time to get back on the lake. And the water up here in the north is frozen still. So it's not that easy to just jump in. And it's cold, right? That's what's so nice about Florida. I've got a great guest today, guys, crossing over into two of my favorite categories of life. I'm talking about wakeboarding and wrestling, pro wrestling at that. And now you're all probably wondering, Dan Alamano, how the heck are you going to tie pro wrestling into this Toad Water Sports podcast? Well, Wes Briscoe is my guest, and he's a former pro rider. He rode for Gator Boards most of his career and finished it all off with Byerly Boards before he fully transitioned into his career as a professional wrestler. Wes comes from a pretty well-known family name in the world of pro wrestling. His father, Gerald Briscoe, and Uncle Jack are two of the all-time greats. And now, Wes is following in their footsteps and making some traction in the independent wrestling scene worldwide. We had a really good conversation that we recorded over at my pal Danny Thollander's house in Orlando, Florida. Wes and Danny have started a small fencing business to keep themselves busy during the day when they're not out surfing or wakeboarding or when Wes is on the road wrestling. Uh, Wes has always been a cool dude, guys, and you know what? He had to be. Uh, Early in his career, 
Uh, he was hanging out, riding, and being mentored by the likes of Scott Byerly and Gator and living the lake life out on the legendary Lake Picket out in East Orlando, just a few minutes away from the projects. And we talk all about it and more in this one. You know, Wes is a guy I've wanted to have on the podcast for a long time now. So episode 60, it was fitting. Let's enjoy this one together, folks. Okay, so I'm heading to San Francisco and embarking on a week-long quest up through the Pacific Northwest. Uh, you guys can check out the Golden Mike Podcast Facebook page. Going to be recording some episodes of the podcast with some people in that part of the country. Uh, guys I've wanted to have on the podcast a long time, but maybe I was never able to get them because uh, I'm on the East Coast most of the time. I do plan to do a little Facebook Live uh, giveaway tomorrow night or Thursday, February 16th. I'll be hooking up my loyal listeners again real soon because I love to swag you out. And I can because I have some awesome sponsors and advertisers. The Golden Mike Podcast is brought to you for free twice monthly on the first and third Wednesday of every month. You can find us online at noiseofthenorth.com and now available on SoundCloud. The Golden Mike Podcast is on iTunes every episode starting with number one recorded with Mike Dowdy nearly four years ago. Uh, be sure to search the Golden Mike Podcast on iTunes or the podcast app on your iPhone. Hit subscribe, then click the middle button. Rate and review the show. To keep this podcast no charge to you, the listeners, I'd like to thank the sponsors of the show. Deck Marine Products, Boulder Boats, Performance Ski and Surf, Woodrow Sustainable Optics, GoPuck, Malibu Boats, Rockstar Energy, C4 Belts, CWB Board Company, Ronix, and Leadwake. Follow me on social media, Instagram at Dano T. Mano, on Twitter at the Dano T. Mano, and at the Golden underscore Mike. And be sure to like the Golden Mike podcast on Facebook. You guys can also always reach me through email, goldenmike at noiseofthenorth.com. Now let's get on to today's audio montage, which is presented by Malibu Boats. Malibu Boats are coming out of the gates strong again for 2017, from new models throughout the line to Malibu's endless quest to bring the biggest and best events, both amateur and pro, to venues worldwide. Check out MalibuBoats.com for more info on this summer's biggest contests, including the Malibu Open, Rider Experience Series, and the Malibu Evolution Pro Series. Again, that's MalibuBoats.com. And speaking of the Malibu Evolution Series, today's montage comes to us from the final stop of the 2016 Evolution Pro in the Dominican Republic, the Malibu Punta Cana Pro. Enjoy it, and then I'll be back with the one and only Wes Briscoe, brother, right here on the Golden Mike Podcast. Hey, what's up, guys? I'm Brian Grubb. We're down here in Putacana, Dominican Republic, for the last stop of the Malibu Boats Evolution Pro Series. What's up? I'm J.D. Webb. Hey, I'm Chad Sharp. Hey, what's up? I'm Melissa Marquette. Hey, what's up, guys? I'm Jake Pallot. Bonjour, vous êtes Olivier Dorham. Hola, I'm Taylor McCullough. G'day, mates. Corey Turnson here. Hey, guys, I'm Malibu team rider Tara Mikasich. We're here at the Putacana Pro, and it has been awesome closing out the 2016 season here in paradise. The president of the WWA, the World Wake Association, Shannon Starling. This year, Dana, once again, we're finishing the year with a cable and a boat event, all at the same location. This is one of the most beautiful places we've ever been. So I think what we're going to see is is the 
athletes going out there and throwing down some big tricks, but we're all going to see. We're also going to see everybody relaxing and having a great time. Gunther Hoka winning features. You know, the season's just kept progressing as we've been going on. Just been winning contests way more than I had anticipated. And, you know, I'd like to say that I'm not done yet. I have Wake Park Worlds right around the corner. So hopefully I can keep this streak going and uh, see what happens there. Mike Dowdy. To get this overall win is amazing. And I'm stoked for everyone that's been a part of it. Stoked, Daniel, that you could be there and, uh, you know, keep the party rocking. And I'm just happy. Tony Iacone. How does it feel? An unbelievable season. Yeah, no, it's sick today. I come out with the, with third place at the Punta Cana Pro, which put me on uh, first on the Evolution Series and second on the World Series. So I, I couldn't be more stoked to finish off the season the way I did. Nicola Butler, what an impressive season. Taking a win at all three stops of the Malibu Evolution Pro Series and taking a win overall in the Evolution Pro Series and overall in the Women's Wakeboard World Series. Girl, how does it feel? Uh, it feels incredible. Seriously, Probably one of the best uh, years of my career. The whole season has just been feeling good. I've been feeling really strong on my wakeboard and just having great support the whole year has helped so much and uh, having fun mostly. The winner of traditional cable here at the Punta Cana Pro, the one and only king of the cable, Tom Fouché. You know, it's uh, it's an absolutely wonderful feeling, man. You know, again, because Malibu is uh, is right behind us to the fullest. You know, they support both the cable and boat side of things. So I am beyond thankful to have Malibu Axes to represent. And then again, you know, to be able to somewhat still hang with uh, all these young guns. So uh, I can't wait for uh, many more years. Events and team manager with Malibu Boats, Brian Thomas. Yeah, Dano, it was uh, definitely an interesting weekend. You know, Massey's on top of the podium for the men. Amber finished uh, third for women. Amber, Tara take some, uh, some additional series wins. Mossy takes some series wins. So, yeah, overall good weekend for Team Malibu and stuck to wrap up the season. Such an awesome location. The winner of the final stop, the Evolution Pro Series in the Malibu WWA Punta Cana Pro, the Italian pizza boy himself, Massey Pipperetti. This is, like, how I wanted the season to end. Like, I'm just over the mood to be here with my friends and all the people that made this possible and like especially Malibu for like sticking behind my back and you know I'm just super thankful and uh, I couldn't chose a better spot to do it over here in Punta Cana I'm over the moon man an emotional win congratulations Mass thank you very much Dano don't get skunked on that perfect wake this year Help clean it up by adding some custom-made lead wake ballast to your boat. Lead wake bags are designed with wake surfers and wakeboarders in mind and are made perfectly to be stacked and placed in tight spaces. Lead wake bags were designed to shift around in your boat easily and will help crisp up any wake in a matter of seconds. Multiple weights are available and all orders in the U.S. get free shipping. Right now, in honor of lead wake's newest additions to the team, Ashley Kidd and Harley Clifford, you can use promo codes Ashley or Harley to receive an extra 10% off your order. Go to leadwake.com for more info. That's L-E-A-D-W-A-K-E.com. Leadwake.com. Presented by Sea Deck Marine Products, it's the Golden Mike Podcast with the noise of the north, Dano the Mano. Yeah, Wes Briscoe, man. 
What's up, Danum? Dude, I'm so happy to be on this podcast right now. Oh my god. And I am stoked, brother. It's been a long time. You know, this I'm going to this is my fourth year that I'm doing this podcast, and you are definitely one of the first guys ever on my list. So first guy of this is a fourth year? Come on now. Hey, it should have been a couple of years ago, brother. What's going on? I know, I'm in trouble, right? <laughs> oh, you have no idea. All right, man. Well, well I'm stoked you, you, because you cross over into two of my most favorite things in the world. Um, wakeboarding. And women? Three of the, my most favorite things in the world. Wake, all right. They all start with a W. Wakeboarding, <laughs> women, and wrestling. You know, that's a good three. I think that's the power three right there, brother. <laughs> that is the power three. You could use that, man. Ooh, I you, think I will. You can use that in your gimmick. Mm-hmm. You, you have a gimmick? Uh, my gimmick's this... Pretty much just come out there and watch me, man. You know how I roll. You're, you're, you're West Briscoe. You're a Briscoe. So I, I, your, your dad, your dad's a famous wrestler. Your uncle, I mean, two of the all-time greats. And they never really had a gimmick. I mean, they were just the Briscoe brothers, right? Well, my dad and my uncle, they were always known for their uh, amateur wrestling. You know, my uh, uncle was a three-time or two-time national champion for Oklahoma State. And then my dad was also three-time state champion for Oklahoma he was All-American for Oklahoma State, and they were all really big collegiate wrestlers, so their style was always more collegiate, more take you to the mat, ground and pound. So, uh, you know, and, and this is about you, but I'm, I'm so intrigued and in, in just in the history of wrestling and everything, but with that amateur background, like, how did your family get into the world of professional wrestling? Well, my uncle was getting ready to uh, go for the Olympics, and the Olympics were going to happen for another four years. So my uncle had to make some money, you know? And uh, like I said, you know, you'd be a really great professional wrestler. Why don't you give it a shot, you know, after just coming out of uh, his collegiate wrestling, being, you know, heavyweight national champion for Oklahoma State. He was like, you know what, I'll give it a shot, and kind of the rest was history. So before that, like the the Briscoes really had nothing to do with the with the business of professional wrestling. No, nothing to do with it. It was just uh, strictly, you know, my dad, my uncle, and his brothers and his one sister. You know, they grew up dirt poor on an Indian reservation out in Stillwater, Oklahoma. So you know, they kind of had a tough life, and they always made sports, whether it be wrestling, football, and for me, wakeboarding. You know, they've always been able to pick a sport to you know, no matter how rough the times you're given or you know it doesn't really matter how much money you have if you find a sport the sport will find you and it will always make yourself you know give you another outlet to look at instead of going the wrong path you know thank god for sports yeah absolutely absolutely and you know and and just just kind of hearing that what what's little i do know about like the behind the scenes in the world of like professional wrestling and we're going to talk about wrestling with you a little bit later on but um it, it seems to me like your your family probably got into professional wrestling at a time when there weren't many open doors for outsiders. Oh, no, not at all. I mean, literally, you had to have been a uh, tough SOB, if I would say so. Other than that, they wouldn't let you in. I mean, you know, there's stories of people breaking people's arms, necks, arm, like legs, anything, just to make sure you wouldn't 
expose the business and make sure that if you know you wanted to do professional wrestling you were actually a tough guy you could actually handle yourself you know in the ring out of the ring and of course at the bars sure absolutely well i think it's a really really interesting story and we're going to talk uh, so much more about it um just because because you've been a part of in professional wrestling and in wakeboarding i mean you've been a part of so many different eras you know you you mentioned it with the wrestling you know um you know there was a a, t- a time when there was like a behind the scenes and people People really didn't know what was going on. And nowadays with the Internet and, you know, just the way life is nowadays, I think it's a little bit more of an open book with what's going on in the in the world of wrestling. But um, also on that same end, in wakeboarding, you were you got a uh, were a part of it in the late 90s all the way through the 2000s. So you got to see uh, the evolution of the sport. So uh, I want to start talking a little bit about that. I want to start with how you, a guy who, you grew up amateur wrestling too, correct? Oh, yes. Amateur wrestling and football. So I want to find out how you were, when you were introduced to wakeboarding and how you were introduced to the sport of wakeboarding. Well, see, you know, that's a, kind of a crazy story. Um, like, my dad didn't have no clue what wakeboarding was or didn't have a boat. And uh, I was blessed to grow up on the, this beautiful lake in Tampa called Lake Calm. I just remember sitting on the dock and just seeing this guy, and I could remember the sun popping up and the silhouette of this guy just edging out and cutting back in. I was like, man, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. Did you ever find out who that guy was? To be honest with you, yeah, I did. I um, actually had a jet ski, and uh, I drove my jet ski, and I got up and drove right next to him, and I... When he fell and I stopped and I was like, man, what is this? This is the coolest thing ever. And he's like, I remember him looking at me and be like, who is this little kid? And this guy's actually, his name is Tony. And, you know, I would have to thank my wakeboarding career for uh, this guy, Tony, because he was actually like, wow, you think this is cool? And I was like, yeah, man. He goes, go park your jet ski. I'll pick you up at your house. Man, that, that is that is awesome, man. And, you know, you, 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 got into the, you got into the wakeboarding, and how quickly did you start excelling, like, as far as, like, the tricks? How fast did they start coming? I kind of excelled pretty fast. And I was – the way I was always raised, my dad would be like, okay, well, if you're going to do this, you're going to give it 100%. So, okay, he was like, oh, you're wakeboarding? So then he introduced me to little wakeboarding tournaments. And I used to go out when O-Town used to have their old town uh, water sports. They used to have little wakeboard tournaments before, like, I think even Performance ran a tournament there because they were on that lake. But uh, that that place was probably one of the first places I did uh, my first, like, intermediate tournament, I sure. guess you would say. The reason I, I remember you being around for so long is because um, I, I remember you having a cameo in Pointless Incomplete, and that movie came out around 2001. So obviously, if the Pointless boys are giving you a, a little love in their movie, then obviously... Oh, I was the only one that they showed wakeboarding in there other than one other person. Like I was always homies with all of them from... Shane and Parks and Ruck and Watson and Grubb and, of course, my boy Francois. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, we've always been boys, and they always dig my style of wakeboarding. They always kind of, you know, they were like, oh, who's this odd cast member out from Tampa? No one's really heard of me, and they'd always invite me over to ride, and they always kind of dig the style of my riding, you know, always trying to grab the board as long as I can and, you know, just have fun and try to create – you know, bring it to the next level, which those pointless guys, they would always bring wakeboarding to the next level from rails to tricks to just pretty much anything they did. They would always try to elevate the sport to a higher level, which I always respected so much. 
So, like, when when you kind of started discovering wakeboarding, how long was it before you discovered the scene? And when you did discover the scene, um, who was it that you first started kind of looking up to? I mean, I can remember watching I, one of my first big wakeboarding videos that I watched was Hit It. And not too many of uh, the young bucks know about this video, but if I was you, go watch Hit It. It's one of the best wakeboard videos ever. And Mike Wenton was another big one of the guys. And Thomas Harrell when he used to wakeboard. And I just always liked the people that just had this different style of wakeboarding, you know? What was what was your kind of um, deal with wakeboarding? Were you a free rider? Were you a contest rider? Um, what... Uh, what what was your gimmick? <laughs> well, at the beginning, I was so big into contests because I was like, oh, got to win, got to win, got to win. And then I kind of strayed away, which I was more like taking photos, shooting video parts. That was a little more. I mean, I was always on the pro tour. I always finished top 10 in the pro tour. So, you know, I, I never was not, you know, out of the pro tour. I like the world standings, but... I just I, I liked every aspect of wakeboarding. To be honest with you, I love waking up early and going to the tournaments. I love free riding. I love shooting video parts. I love taking pictures. I loved every bit of wakeboarding. You know, like it was it was a different time for me because it was my escape. You know, I was so like okay, football, wrestling, da 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 da. My dad had no clue what wakeboarding was, so it was kind of my escape from the crazy life of doing every sport and like. My dad didn't have a clue, so I kind of had my own freedom and right. could express myself in ways that I could never really express myself because I was so, okay, you're going to go to football practice, you're going to wrestling practice, you're going to weightlifting practice, you're going to karate practice. You know, there was so many other things, but wakeboarding was kind of my, like, ah, it was my getaway. It was sure. my let go. And were they, were, were you, was your folks kind of grooming you for a future career in pro wrestling, or was that ever not really on the map? No, maybe amateur wrestling and football. They were really big. I mean, I've been playing football and amateur wrestling since I was probably four years old, and same with, like, karate, boxing. I've always, like, I've always been really heavy in sports, and my parents have always pushed me into that level of, okay, well, we're going to do this. Well, that's all we're going to do. And we're just going to focus our time. And then I would always have that little bit of like, okay, I get to go wakeboard. I get to get away from all of them. I get to be me, which was the best part about wakeboarding. And I think a lot of people can relate to that is sometimes you get, can go out in the water and it's just you. You don't have no one else judging you. You can go have fun. You can do what you want to do. Sure. And, man, when you, when you got guys like Scott and, and Gator right there kind of pushing you and and kind of keeping you elevated right there at that at that level, man. It's that that's got to make it even more special. Oh, it was was a dream come true. All right. Well, another um, another thing that I want to talk about is the lake that you lived on with Scott and Gator, and then they moved away, and you continued to live there. And it's I would have to say that Lake Pickett is is one of those lakes that's kind of carved itself a spot in like the um, the the uh, the I don't know, the history books of wakeboarding. I think it's one of the, the historic lakes in our sport. I wanted to find out if you have any, like, fond memories of, of Lake Pickett. Lake Pickett is absolutely the best lake in the world. Any wakeboarder that's ever wakeboarded that's had the chance to ride against that on that lake would tell the same. I mean, it's deep from end to end, and there's always, no matter how the wind blows, there's always a good direction, good line to wakeboarding. That lake is probably, I don't know, there's just something about it that just 
it's made for wakeboarding. Well, and it's it's kind of like off the the beaten path for Orlando, right? In a way, like, and I don't know if it if it was like this back, you know, early to mid two thousands, but well, it was um, country boy. Yeah, and you know, it, it unless guys were ma- guys would maybe come out and pass your lake to go to the projects or something like that, but it, you know, like in Clear Lake or Lake Holden or on the Butler well, chain or Lake, lake Jessamine and Orlando. Lake Pickett was bigger than Lake Holden and Clear Lake before those lakes were even So like all the names lived there for a while. Well, everyone knew about Lake Pickett because when you got the best wakeboarders, when you got Scott Byerly, Gator, Brandon Meek, you got the whole crew living out there. Everyone goes to that area. I mean, I don't know a lot of these young bucks probably don't remember, but uh, Hardline Ropes, they were actually made out there. You know what I mean? There was, you know, a lot of things that were made was out there because everyone went out there because that's where the scene was. That's where the best wakeboarders were. So, of course, you're going to go out there. And then, of course, you know, you got L.A., Lake Alford. Big shout out to the boys. Yeah. You have a little more down south, right? Well, I mean, come on. I'm from Tampa. Yeah. So I hit up all the lakes. Sure. On the way up there. Yeah. Would you say you hit all of your goals in wakeboarding? Was there anything you kind of left on uh, on the table? Or You know what? I It was... A blast, and um, I got to have two pro models from Gator Boards, West Briscoe Signature Pro Models, which sold all around the world. I got to film in Thailand, Singapore, Malaysia, Australia, Japan, and I got to see the world in a way that I don't think I would be able to see the world now. I mean, with wrestling, I still see the world, but when you're wakeboarding, it's a whole nother. So a whole other group of people. They're not all. They're a little bit more relaxed. You get to see the actual countryside. With wrestling, you pretty much fly in, go to the building, wrestle, maybe have two or three hours, and then go to the next town. With wakeboarding, you can go to that country, that city, and stay there and actually meet people from there and go experience it and go see the countryside, go see the water because you're you know you're wakeboarding. You got to see good countryside with wrestling it's kind of like you get stuck in a building but the the fans are a little bit different too i would assume like in wakeboarding it's okay uh, there's times when i'll go somewhere i don't know somebody and they're like dano the mano oh we've got a bed for you and all of a sudden i find myself of course sleeping. come on you're dano the mano but but people I'm, don't know you come <laughs> on but i mean i'm sure you've been in the same position in the past where you would stay with people when you were wakeboarding but now that you that you're wrestling like do you do you find that like you You'll just go and stay with like some enthusiastic, you know, wrestling fan or something like that. No, that will never happen. So, so like, why is it? I, I don't know. Like the fan, obviously. I, well, okay. Well, here's the thing: is it's not necessarily a fan base because, you know, like I still, you know, I still stay at you know my buddy's houses. But with wrestling, it's usually it's it's such a different time frame where literally I fly in somewhere. We film, do everything we have to do. Then the show starts at 6. The show runs all the way to 10. By the time 10 o'clock hits, you know, you're packing up your bags. And then you have to drive another three hours, four hours to go to the next town. So basically, it's hard to stay at Buddy's house. But pretty much when I get a chance to, I'm always calling up my old wakeboarding buddy to say, hey, guess who's crashing at your house tonight? <laughs> hey, man. Well, hey, if you're ever in Orlando, you got a spot. Wait, you live in Orlando. Oh, yeah. Wait a second. I got plenty of spots. <laughs> All right, man. Well, I want to talk about the transition because I recall it must have been around 2006, the 7 or 8. I, I can't really remember exactly the date, but I remember going to uh, finding out that you're now wrestling and I'm on the road with you. 
doing wakeboard shows. I remember doing a boat show with you and then finding out that you're wrestling. I, I believe it was um, Detroit was that boat show. Cleveland. Cleveland. Yes. Oh, was. actually going to Cleveland in a week. Or two weeks. Two weeks. Will be quick Cleveland. little plug. Yeah, quick little plug. <laughs> um, so, like, okay, so I want to I talk about it, man. The transition, how it happened between um, wakeboarding, because you went from, you were very serious. You were making a living off of wakeboarding, and you pretty quickly transitioned into wrestling. I remember you had a developmental deal with the WWE under uh, the Florida Championship Wrestling. Uh, you had a lot of momentum. Uh, when I, I, I remember you uh, throwing like 30 guys over the top rope in a battle royal. The first time I ever saw you wrestle, you won a battle royal. Yep. Um, to start that little, to go back a little bit to the crossover, um, I just got done doing a big tour with Scott, and um, my uncle wasn't, feeling so good so i went down and hung out with my uncle jack which you know nwa heavyweight champion one of the greatest wrestlers ever to step foot on the mat and one of the toughest guys ever hall legit, of famer of course yeah, you know wwe hall of famer and a legit tough guy and i remember sitting next to him and uh he was just going like my uncle never really talked about wrestling when he was retired of wrestling he was done it was over with him but for some reason he brought it up and something just sparked that interest. You know when you sit there and you start getting that that passion. You, you start getting that, like, every word he says, you get behind it. And you sit up on your chair and you wait a second. And you're like, wow, he is he talking to me or is he not talking to me? I know he's just talking, but for some reason this conversation is bringing a whole other light. And I remember sitting there and talking about his old wrestling days and then i remember he looking over it to me and putting his hand on my lap and when he put that hand on my lap it was just like a light bulb went off you know like it was just like you know what i'm gonna do this you know i'm gonna start professional wrestling like there's just something like i don't know i got that bug i got that itch i got that same feeling when i was a little kid sitting on that dock watching the first time i've ever seen a wakeboarder come across me I got that same feeling, that same, that buzz, that enlightenment that was just like, you know, like I felt like a little kid again. Sure. And I was like, you know what? You know, I was, I made my mark in wakeboarding and it's time to move on. And, you know, I'm happy with what I accomplish and I can sit it down and move forward and let's try this whole nother career of life, you know? And believe me, it was scary. Going to stop here real fast to talk about Sea Deck Marine products and how easy it is to customize Sea Deck in your boat or really any marine or aquatic application this year. For the fastest and most accurate service, I recommend to find Sea Deck certified fabricator or installer near you to have your boat fitted for custom Sea Deck. Sea Deck's expanding network covers the USA, Canada, Europe, and the South Pacific, and now it's easier than ever to have a Sea Deck professional take your project from start to finish. Check this out. Sea Deck certified fabricators are factory trained and specialize in the entire Sea Deck process. They digitally pattern boats, create CAD drawings, cut Sea Deck EVA material using CNC technology, and install the final products. That's how they assure the perfect fit and finish every time. All C-Deck pads are installed using 3M pressure-sensitive adhesive so they never fall off. It's comfy, durable, stylish, and oh yeah, made in the USA. Check out C-Deck's interactive map at cdeck.com 
to locate a CDEX certified fabricator or installer in your area to schedule an appointment today. Once again, go to CDEX.com. That's S-E-A-D-E-K.com. And now let's get back to the interview with Wes Briscoe before he choke slams me through a table. In a way, it seems as if you have a, a, a bit of an in with your with your family, okay? But I can't imagine from what I've read and what I know that that just means that's an open door for you to just start. I'm sure you had to, um, I'm sure that you had to, um, well, I paid my dues. Some, some uphill battles for you. You're getting judged 20 times harder than anybody else. Then you're getting other guys that you want to be friends with that you haven't really met, but you're put in the situation, but they're looking at you, oh, you're here just because you're dad. You know what I mean? These are guys that, you know, you want to be friends with, you know, you want to create a relationship with because these are the guys you're going to be traveling with. But everybody but is fighting for a spot. because Everyone's fighting not- for a spot, yes. But yet, sir, they're like, oh, well, he's just a second generation wrestler. Oh, he's just here for this. So then you got to shut them up. You know, you got to prove to yourself, you know what? I'm here for a reason. I'm here to be the best possible person I can be. I'm not going to let nobody else tell me what I can and cannot do. And, you know, it was, you know, a lot of stepping on toes and, you know, like pissing people off. But you know what? I knew what I had to do. And, you know, sometimes you just got to man up, put that notch down and step forward and Absolutely. be a man. So and now, now remind me, at the beginning of your career, you were balancing wakeboarding and wrestling, correct? Yes. So when, so uh, was it difficult to kind of, shoot? at first, were, did you know that, you were going to 100% gung-ho wrestling, or did you have to kind of at one point make a decision one way or the other? You know, at one point I had to make the de- decision because, you know, you can't you can't give something 100% of your time and start having another sport that you're trying to excel at and be good at. And there came the point where I sat down and I was like, if I'm going to be 100% in this professional wrestling, it's time for me to be 100%. And, you know, at the time I was like, you know what? I remember setting my wakeboard down and I remember putting it in the closet, taking the binders off and just looking at it and going, I had fun, but now it's time for another chapter of my life and let's go. And as as a guy who now with wrestling being your main focus, I'm sure knowing the risk of injury on a wakeboard, do, do you even find yourself riding at all anymore? To be honest with you... I, uh, and my little bit of time in WWE towards the end, I, I was wakeboarding a little bit, but then it came to the point where I knew what I could do, but I wasn't doing the tricks and wasn't able to do what I used to be able to wakeboard. So I was kind of like more frustrated. So I kind of was at the time like, Hey, I can't risk getting hurt. And so, you know, I'm going to pursue wrestling 100%. But on the other hand, too, I always have surfing. Like, if I'm not if I'm not out of town wrestling, I'm surfing. Sure. I I'm, see tons I'm, of... I'm basically either I'm wrestling or surfing. Like, that's my, that's my let go. And, you know, everyone needs something to let themselves rewind, to shut off the brain, to be able to sit back and just be like, ah, okay, had a rough day, but you know what? I'm out enjoying myself. I'm on the water and surfing is one of those things that bring me that joy again. Sure. Okay. So in wrestling, people might look at wrestling and be like, oh, that's, 
I don't want to like use the word fake because I love it and Get I'm in the ring with me and I'll tell you if it's fake and, about and it. exactly and, and the, the reality of it all is it takes one hell of an athlete to do what you guys are doing but it also takes a good athlete to be a wakeboarder and I want to find out if there's like if there's any similarities if you were able to transition anything from from wakeboarding into wrestling and then also, well, let's start with that. Have you, were you ever able to transition anything that you you learned, like, on the water to the ring? Of course. You know, wakeboarding helps you to be agile, helps you be quick on your feet. And your brain and hand-eye coordination helps it so much because you only have a split second to think of, okay, am I going to land this trick? Do I put my feet out? Do I suck them up a little bit? Do I put the rope handle a little bit tighter? So it helps your brain quicker. And with wrestling... It's the same thing. You got to be spot on because if you're one second delayed, you know that's when someone looks at you and be like, eh, "That wasn't cool. What happened there?" And not only that, but that's your body on the line and somebody else's body. Exactly. On the line. With wrestling, you always got to realize my opponent. I have his life in my hands. You know, if I don't catch him right, or if he falls the wrong way, I mean, broken neck. I mean, there's been people that died in the ring. You know, it's it's serious. Like, you know, I've had two ACL surgeries. I've had a separated shoulder. I've broken every finger. And when I tore my knee, I basically popped it back into place and kept wrestling. When I snapped my finger in half, I broke it back into place and kept going. You know, it's just you got to go. The people out there, we really give it our all. You know, we know how to hit each other. We hit each other in safe places. But yet we actually hit each other. I mean, it's there's no point of fake in it at all. It's more or less it's predetermined. Sure. Well, I want to find out, like, also, like, bump-wise, like, like in wakeboarding, you catch that back edge on, like, let's say, like, a heel-side back roll to blind. And, and in wrestling, you take a, a power bomb, oh, you know, or a rally. For people you know? that used to, I don't know, do rallies or think rallies or weren't cool or whatever. Everyone did a rally every once in a while. I did a couple of miles well, a day. <laughs> I, want to, I, want to, I want to find out, like, like, have you, like, the bumps that you take in wrestling versus the crashes you take oh in wakeboarding? Oh, my God. I've caught a couple edges that literally have wrung my butt. Like, I've been, got up and been like, who am I? Where am I at? I'm like, no, you're all cool, Wes, you know? Like, wakeboarding, I think, I don't know. It's about the same. I mean, but wakeboarding, here's the thing. Wakeboarding, you're strapped in. You can't. You can't move your legs. You're basically put in a position where if you take a bad fall, you have to go that direction. Wrestling, you're able to move your body and you can wiggle out. So, I mean, it's kind of the same, but I think wakeboarding, since you're strapped in and there is no other way than basically hit it or fall, I don't know. It's uh, it's a hard thing to say. Um, in your In your years, you know... Obviously, you come from the lineage, you know, the wrestling background, but um, I'm sure there have been some people who have kind of helped you along the way. Um, you know, I do this podcast, um, and the guy who kind of um, inspired me to do it is a wrestler by the name of Colt Cabana, and he comes from from where I'm from, the same part of Chicagoland and everything. Same CM Punk. Yep, yep, that's right, CM Punk, both from, from kind of my neighborhood. And um, and these guys have, have carved out a, a great kind of niche for themselves within um, the wrestling industry. And, and, and uh, Colt's been a huge inspiration to me. I actually met him, and it was funny because he mentioned that he had kind of um, wrestled a little bit with you, I think, at some point in WWE. Oh, yeah, yep. 
Mm-hmm. So I, I found that kind of um, I found that kind of interesting or whatever. But I want to find out like who maybe some of the guys who have kind of helped you along the way in wrestling uh, uh, have been. You know what? There's there's been a, like a, a few group of people that's actually stood out because in wrestling it's a lot different than wakeboarding. Um, wrestling is more of a cutthroat. I mean, no one's going to show you nothing. Everyone's more worried about their job, their position. So when you actually get to find a wrestler that's willing to give their time and sit next to you and say, hey, man, you know, maybe if you did this a little different, it'd be cooler. And you don't get that. Wrestling, it's really hard to find someone that's going to, you know, share their knowledge with you because they don't want you to take their spot. You know, I had Heath Slater. Norman Smiley, Dusty Rhodes, Steve Kern, Dr. Tom Pritchard. There's a couple guys. Um, Joe Henning, uh, Randy Orton, actually CM Punk. He helped me out a lot. Um, To be honest with you, those are the guys that stick out the most, that actually took the time and said, hey, Wes, try it this way or do it this way, and you might get a different reaction. Sure. And and wrestling's really hard to find someone to show you the roast because everyone's so worried about their job, their spot. You know, they don't want to lose their job to you. So why would they give you a little bit of extra information? Sure. Absolutely. And that's the difference between wrestling and wakeboarding. Wakeboarding, everyone will help you out. Wrestling, (laughs) it doesn't happen that way. Well, what what is it that you have to do as a person to prove to people that you're worth, you know, their time, you know? Um, I, I, I... you know, obviously you're Jerry Briscoe's son, but at the at the end that of the, has nothing to do with it. But I, I was going to say, but at the end of the day, um, I, I would almost look at that from from what I know about your business, which isn't much. But what I would know, what I do know, it almost seems like that would be more of a speed bump for you. Oh, it is. It's like okay, you look at it this way. You know, we'll put, I'll put this in the terms of wakeboarding. You go out on the boat. You have two students with you. One student is always complaining about falling, always second-guessing you. But then you get that one student, Daniel Powers, which would always go out and do whatever you told him to. Oh, no, Ed's a, and he'll eat it so hard, but he'll get back up, and you can look into his eyes. He wouldn't complain. He'd be like, what did I do wrong? Those are the people you can tell, okay, I'm going to coach him. The other kid, eh, he, doesn't, he doesn't really want to be here. And that's how you circle out the people. And that's they saw that in me. They saw the kid, you know what, I'll get beat up, I'll get slammed down, but I'll get back up and say, what do I need to do to get better? How do I learn? And you, that's how you pick up, and that's how you focus in, and that's how those certain guys like Heath Slater, you know, Joe Henning, and a couple of those other guys, you know, Norman Smiley, Dusty Rhodes, they saw that drive. They saw that, they saw that just drive in my eyes that, you know, no matter what, no matter what they said to me, no matter what they did or whatever anybody did to me, I look at them and say, what do I need to do to get better? I'm sure there's got to be tons of people who somehow get their foot in the door who are just wrestling fans and think they know just because they watch TV. I mean, that happens with every sport. I mean, that just, I mean, you know, it happens. But you know what? Teach their own. You know, I don't hate on nobody. Sure. You know what? You're just doing you know your what? thing. I'm just doing my thing and, you know, I make my own path how I want to do it. And I 
bet every night I sleep good at night. Sure. Well, dude, and, and, and it seems like you've um, actually had some, some pretty decent luck. I, I remember um, when you were uh, wrestling for Florida Championship Wrestling, um, before you almost before you uh, were injured, you were tag, tag team champion. Um, and then from there... Um, you yeah, know, I was tag team champions with Xavier Woods, which is he's blowing up huge in WWE right yeah. now, you know, as the New Day. And, um, you know, I was I was always blessed. You know, I got to wrestle every person right now that's on the top of the list right now. There are top of the guys I've wrestled from Seth Rollins to Barry White to Heath Slater. Roman Reigns. I remember Roman uh, Reigns. What, Leoki. Yeah, all those guys, you know. And right now, you know, I'm building myself back up, you know, getting my knee back to 100%. And, you know, I'm going to find my way back in that WWE ring. I'm going to find my way back walking down that stage and looking that up and seeing that big old WrestleMania sign. You know, that's, the, that's my goals. And, you know, I'm going to stick to my goals and work hard just with – anything else in life you know sometimes you're going to get pushed down sometimes you're going to have setbacks you know sometimes you're going to sit back and think man can i really do this but if that's your dream and that's your goal you're going to man up you know pick up your britches if you get knocked down you're going to get back up dust the dirt off your shoulders and say hey you know what i'm going to make it i'm going to do whatever it takes yeah. To get there, whether it's wakeboarding, whether it's wrestling, whether it's soccer, whether it's swimming, whether it's any sport you do, you're always going to have setbacks. You're always going to get knocked down. But it's the true champions that pick themselves back up. Well, and dude, and you have proof right now because you you have won multiple titles outside uh, in the independence, and and arguably the independent wrestling right now is 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 it's big the right biggest now. thing going on, and yeah. and you even see it in WWE with them bringing on the new two hundred five, the uh, cruiserweight division, which is basically made up of independent wrestlers, which is where you're wrestling, and I'm and I'm assuming that a lot of the guys that we're starting to see on WWE TV now are a lot of the guys that you have been wrestling with. Yeah, you know, like I've uh, spent a lot of time in New Japan, and they brought a couple of people from New Japan. And um, recently I just got back from Europe. I spent two months over in Europe, and they just brought back some of the top Europe guys. You know, like it, it's independent wrestling right now. It's blowing up. It's becoming a great scene. And it's, you know, it's thriving with all these new wrestlers coming up. So and who are you wrestling for right now? I'm wrestling for a bunch of different companies from Canada to Japan to England and to are, Spain. Are you to currently Germany. holding any titles right now? I'm the tag team champion in, um, in Vegas right now. Is that I Paragon Pro? Par- Paragon Pro Wrestling. I am the, uh, the first ever American to win the Canadian Heavyweight Championship in Montreal. You know, I, I hold a bunch of different titles right now. And to be honest with you, it's not necessarily the titles that. I'm going for it's me proving myself to every different country, every different state, every different person that gets a chance to see me wrestle, that I'm worth every dollar they spend sitting in that row, spending that money on that ticket. Absolutely, man. Well, I appreciate it. I'm looking forward to hopefully uh, watching you wrestle here in the near, near future. Um, I I, want to ask you, you know, um, Wes, we're, we're getting close to being done here, but growing up, I'm sure that you went to work with dad a ton. Oh, so many times. And to me that uh, it, it it's I don't even 
I can't, it's hard for me to even come up with words about this because, like, you got to most likely be around my heroes, the guys that I watched growing up. I mean, I've seen Undertaker eat 21 cheeseburgers. You watched The Undertaker eat 21 cheeseburgers? Yeah, no, I was a little kid. I was like, who's this guy ordered 21 cheeseburgers? And then I was like, nah, he ain't gonna eat it. I sat there and watched him eat. Every single cheeseburger. I mean, you getting to hang out with these guys and run around with these guys. One guy that, um, and and I don't know, this is just a long shot on on on, on my part, but um, a guy who I would have to say is probably the biggest wrestler of all time, and probably top three most popular wrestlers of all time. A guy, Andre the Giant. Um, did you ever get to spend any time around like Andre? Oh, I got to spend actually a lot of time with Andre because uh, my dad and my uncle, they actually were tag team partners with him back in the NWA days, back in the old days. So I remember one time I sit in there and my dad's like, oh, you're going to meet this guy. I think I was probably maybe six, five years old and I came walking into the locker room and I just remember sitting there and I'm like, oh, who am I meeting? And they're like, he's in front of you. And I just remember looking and going, wait, there's only knees in front of me. And then putting my head up and looking straight up and seeing the most biggest guy I've ever seen. He picked me up in his palm of his hand and I stood on the palm of his hand. I'm like, no, I'm six years old. Still kind of a big kid. It's not like I'm an infant or nothing. And he made me feel so small. And then he gave me the biggest hug and said that I love your dad and your uncle so much. They were one of the greatest guys and they were always kind to me. And not only getting to meet my hero, but seeing my hero say that about my family, my father, my uncle, meant more of the world to me than anything else. Uh, any any other like wrestlers, kind of like like like. I mean, I threw Randy Orton off my jet ski at probably ten years old, and Randy looked at me and goes, "Is there gators in here?" I said, "Yep," and I kept doing circles around him. He got so pissed. And was he? Was, I mean, we're talking about Randy Orton. But was right he wrestling now. at this time? Oh no, we. I mean, we were all kids. I mean, we're sure. you know we're. I had no clue. He's only know? probably Randy Orton's probably just a few years older than you. I oh yeah, assume. a couple years older than me. So we've always hung out as kids. I mean, I remember sitting in Dusty Rhodes's, you know, kitchen and just being a little kid, being like, "Hey, where's my juice?" You know, like I don't know. I got, I got to see every wrestler, but at the time, I didn't know them as them. I just was like, "Oh, those are Dad's friends, workmates." Yeah, those are who Dad works with. So I had no clue. Man, it's uh. It's it, it's 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 an awesome story, dude. And um, we're gonna um, we're gonna close it out on on this one here. Uh, off of wrestling, off of wakeboarding, we're here recording at my good pal, your good pal, Danny Thollander's house, who you recently started uh, a business with. You guys are doing fencing now, right? Quick yeah, plug. you know, we started a little fencing company. You know, it's going really good. Um, to be honest with you, I've known Danny probably. Since he was been 14 years old, his uh, parents used to drop him off at Lake Pickett. And uh, I used to give him lessons and used to teach him wakeboarding. We've always been really, really, really good friends. And, um, you know, we started a little side business. It's actually uh, been picking up really good. That's cool. So somebody can uh, get their fence built and then you'll come on over. And, and what, like, what's your signature move? It's the Briscoe Bomb. The baby. Briscoe Bomb. All right. Well, I, it's a Death Valley driver. I'm going to stay away a from that. A little bit of a twist. All right. If if I were a wrestler, my my move would just be like a real like modified scoop slam. You know, it'd be like. Can a, you pick up everybody though? 
Uh, what I happens if you had the Big Show running at you? Could you scoot slam him? I'd just use his, I'd use his own momentum. Listen, you know? Good answer. Good so, answer. So that's what I would do. Okay, so I want to get I want to get to this story. I Danny had mentioned this to me at an event that uh, he he came in. And I was like, Danny, you're looking mighty whitey, whiter than normal today. And he's like, Yeah, uh, Wes and I were out surfing, and uh, you mean mighty tan? No, no. Why he would he looking, be white? Because he, he was scared. He was. Oh. I guess uh, from what I from what I picked up, you guys were out surfing, and in the same line as you guys, some dude got attacked by a shark. We actually saw two people get attacked out there. Really? Okay, elaborate. Yep. Oh, I mean, of course, you know, when you're surfing in SB, New Smyrna Beach, you know, sharp by capital of the world, you always run into little little incidents. And uh, that day, me and Danny paddled out, and uh, we just we got down. We only surfed for but maybe about 40 minutes, and we came in, and we see this guy. And we're like, he was right next to us, and he's holding his stomach. Next thing we know, he got bit in the stomach. So, you know, we take a little break, take a water break. Next thing you know, we paddle back out. About 30 minutes later, we see all these beach patrol hauling butt right by us. And then we're like, wait a second. They're parked like literally if we would have caught a wave right in. So we caught a wave right in. There's a guy holding his calf. Literally got his whole calf bitten off. I mean, we see sharks all the time, but that day was extra sharky. Man, that's... it's. That- it's scary. scary. I'm scared of the. Uh, I'm scared of jellyfish. So you can just imagine how I feel about the uh, the sharks out there. But what what would you do? The old Mick Fanning double punch to, punch to the face? No, I get out of the way. Just get on your board and just <laughs> yeah, paddle. go. Just yeah. paddle. Mm-hmm. Cool. Hey Wes, um, any uh, any sponsors or thank yous you want to shoot out here before we finish up? No, I just like to thank uh, you know, of course, my f- family, my friends, and everyone that you know. Supports me on the way, and of course, you, Daniel the man of the man, the yo-yo <laughs> maniac, the what commentary maniac, the man on the mic. I don't have, t- dude. There's so many good things I can say about you, man. And I'm pleasure that you're my friend. I appreciate and it, and I could honestly say you're one of my brothers, and I do anything for you, man. And I appreciate it. And thank and- you for honoring me to be on this uh, podcast. It's an honor to have you on this podcast, man. And you know, one other thing that we can share together is uh, WrestleMania 24, right? Yep, with Joey Medoc. Yep, that was right. That was that was a great time. And WrestleMania is going to be right here in Orlando this year as well. You, what are the chances? You going to see you in that ring this year? You know, you never know. You never know. And hopefully we'll see. Wes, where can they find you on social media? You can follow me on Twitter at Wes Briscoe. It's the one with the blue check, the verified one. And then Instagram, Wes Briscoe 19. Check me out. Follow me all my surfing, wrestling. You know, I post old pictures of wakeboarding, all that good stuff. Just uh, check me out. All right, all right. Wes Briscoe, man. Thanks a ton, dude. Love you, Dano. You're the man. You.
Woodrow's is a sunglass company based in Central Florida that manufactures frames from wood and other sustainable materials. With an infrastructure built on a passion for action sports, life on the water, and the love for the great outdoors, there's no doubt Woodrow's handcrafted wooden and sustainable eyewear will fit your lifestyle. Use my promo code MANO30 and you'll get an additional 30% off your entire order. Once again, that's promo code MANO, M-A-N-O-3-0 at Woodrow's.com for 30% off everything. That's W-O-O-D-R-O-Z-E dot com. Performance Ski and Surf in Orlando, Florida is your one-stop shop for all towed water sports needs. As an industry leader for more than two decades, Performance Ski and Surf's pro staff will sweep you off your feet with loads of industry knowledge and the best customer service in the biz. Right now, you can order online from perfski.com and receive 10% off your entire purchase by using my promo code GOLDENMIKE, all capital letters. Whether you're looking for current or closeout gear, Performance Ski and Surf has it all. And right now with my promo code, Golden Mike, you just can't beat the deals. Performance Ski and Surf is just minutes from the Orlando International Airport or online at perfski.com. That's P-E-R-F-S-K-I.com. The Golden Mike Podcast is back with the noise of the north, Dano the Mano, presented by Sea Deck Marine Products. There was Wes Briscoe. He did the interview, and he never even slammed me into the turnbuckle. I joke, man, but it was fun, and I don't think I would ever mess with Wes inside or outside of the ring. I would gladly accept him as a tag team partner, though. You know, I wish Wes the best, and uh, I hope to see him on WWE TV sooner than later. I know he's been working really hard, and I know there's a lot of people pulling for him out there, and you know what? I'm one of them. So I have a few appearances and events coming up. February 19th through the 26th, I've already talked about it. It's my West Coast, Pacific Northwest Coast road trip, San Francisco, Discovery Bay, and Chico, California, then Eugene, Salem, and Portland, Oregon, and finish off at Radar Lake, then downtown Seattle, Washington, Saturday the 25th for the Pacific Northwest Regional Yo-Yo Contest. I'm just going to spectate, guys. I'm not going to compete or announce. Then the first weekend in March, the Performance Ski and Surf Gravel Tour kicks off its season in Claremont, Florida at the Pig on the Pond Festival. That I will be announcing. Then later on in March, I'll be in Arizona at the Phoenix Boat Show. We'll close out the month there. Then we've got the Malibu Pro Card Qualifier in Orlando in April, as well as the Nautique Wake open, and that's just a start. I'll have more events and dates coming up on the next episode. Folks, if you're interested in having me announce, commentate, do voiceover work, or appear at your next event, maybe you want to advertise on the Golden Mike podcast, or you just want to ask me any question in general, email me, goldenmike at noiseofthenorth.com. You can also message me through the Golden Mike Facebook page. I am on iTunes, so make sure you guys find me and subscribe. Please rate, review the podcast. I'm currently uploading the Golden Mike Podcast archives on SoundCloud, so please be sure to check SoundCloud.com and search the Golden Mike Podcast on there. Follow me on Twitter at TheDanoTMano, at TheGolden underscore Mike, on Instagram at DanoTMano, and be sure to like and share the Golden Mike Podcast 
Facebook page with all of your friends. One more thank you to Wes Briscoe, and now a few shout-outs to the sponsors and folks behind the scenes. Thank you to SeaDeck Marine Products, Performance Ski and Surf, Woodrow Sustainable Optics, Boulder Boats, GoPuck, Malibu Boats, C4 Belts, Rockstar Energy, Lead Wake, CWB Board Company, Ronix, Jenna Hamill on the web, and Rich Walsh on the audio. And that's going to do it for today's show, guys. Appreciate y'all for tuning in and listening. I'm the Noise of the North, Dan Alamano, and you can hear me next time once again on the Golden Mike Podcast.